Section thirteen of Idomen or the Vale of Umori by Maria Gowan Brooks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Confessions, Part Nine. My young conductor remained but a day and departed, followed by my blessings. Would to heaven I could essentially befriend him and every other being who has done to me the slightest deed of kindness. I feared a recurrence of pain and avoided the temptations of solitude. I walked daily with arvon on the snow or sat in the midst of the family and neighbors preparing his linen for the summer employment is sweet when busy for those whom we love the gentle elmire came again from trois rivieres she spoke often of ethelwald and repeated what he had said at the ball whither i had seen her depart with braided hair and dressed in azure a vague possibility that at length he might come to seek once more the friend he had loved to visit soon entered my heart with her accents and assisted in restoring me to health everything around me had been hallowed by his touch or presence a glimmer of hope was blended with pleasing remembrance and conspired to make the long day supportable but lately i had shrunk from my mirror and said in the language of the passionate bard my beauty consumeth away my heart is smitten and withered but now the colour seemed fain to spread itself again on my cheeks and roundness was returning to the arms which had nothing to embrace but little arvon it is bitter to look forward to life when despoiled of an illusion of felicity yet now i could resolve to bear the prospect and endeavour at least to be worthy of the idol to whom i should have fallen in sacrifice save only for the hand of heaven meantime the rivers burst roaring from their imprisonment and vast masses of ice were heaped like mountains on their shores the murmuring boughs of the forest had cast off their cold incrustations the skies were clear and blue the early birds of spring were returning and the snow fast dissolving near the earth paid a thousand thousand tributes to the thousand rivers and rivulets now hastening to their great sovereign the magnificent ladauana the sweetness of breezes through forests the rushing of over-swollen waves the rapturous cries of birds the dropping of waters from boughs and housetops all mingled their melodies with the songs of the ever-tuneful peasants of this country of streams and cascades my heart still smarted with its recent wounds but a flood of gratitude seemed poured warmly over it and thanks burst forth to heaven that i had still sensation for the present the large suffocating stove was now moved from the hall of our dwelling fragrant branches from the forest took their place upon the large cheerful hearth and while they crackled into flame the neighboring children would often assemble and sing there the boat-songs of their fathers no walks could be taken save on snowshoes like an oval sieve made by the savages of doe-skin cut into threads and woven or knotted like network binding closely to the soles of our feet these light far-spreading sandals i walked daily with arvon on the banks of the river of the village letters from pharamond had arrived at a warmer port distant from quebec and reached us by coming far over the still snow-covered country my cousin arrived at quebec as soon as the ice had departed the three months of my promise had nearly expired it was now the month of june 
and relief had come to my soul like cool balm to the temples of the sick of a fever i could but regard this relief as a sign from heaven to encourage me to remain on earth yet in all concerning powers invisible the mind is sometimes shaken with doubts and it constantly asks itself the question does heaven indeed commune with me in secret or is it but a fond dream of fancy i could not trust myself entirely i dared not return to quebec for i shuddered at the thoughts of a renewal of the terrible temptation which had passed power unseen yet protecting which i fain would obey in gratitude was not the new energy which sustained and gave wisdom to walk with caution a breath from the infuser of souls when pharamond at length found time to spend one day at n t letters had arrived from cuba relating the sudden death of llewellyn my uncle and so lately my friend tears streamed from my eyes which but three months before were tearless he who had parted with me half in anger was now no longer upon earth my morning dress for poor burleigh had not yet been entirely laid aside my friend next in affinity was now no more and fresh weeds of black declared the renewal of sorrow worldly concerns for a time were banished by grief for the deceased but when pharamond had left me again they returned and pressed upon my thoughts my supplies would soon be exhausted unless the once kind llewellyn had thought of me before he left this world i felt that my duty as a mother must be set above all selfish wishes i thought of arvon and for a moment regretted that i had not given myself in sacrifice to the wishes of my uncle now no more a union of interest would have secured independence to myself and to my orphan with the power of benefiting others but the deep reluctance i had felt had been seconded by fears and scruples lest truth and honor might be violated to pharamond i shrank from obligation once indeed he had expressed for me the warmest regard he saw me when almost a child married and obedient to the slightest wish of my protector idomen he then said to me could i find another like yourself but you are estranged by marriage and even if you were not the relationship between us would be an invincible barrier what choice have i then but to devote myself to fortune and to celibacy my cousin since that period had seen a woman that pleased him wedded and lost her and now was again entirely devoted to commerce and to worldly acquisition i resolved to return to cuba my only relation there was dead but all species of fear for myself had fled with the brilliant excess of the happiness which late had bewildered me my little fair-eyed arvon who would protect his minority educate him and prepare him for the world i thought of the planter who had wept when i left him at cuba and warmly solicited my return he might extend to my child his support and affection that mortals are changeable i had reason to know too well but i thought of my escape from death and trusted in the power that protected me the timid doe that finds her shelter in the forest afar from the low white dwellings that overlook the ladauana will brave danger in defence of her young the delicate dove of cuba will struggle and flutter in defence of the inmates of her nest but even the lioness of africa is weak when beset with perils 
meantime the short glowing summer of canada was accomplishing the term of its intensity the snows of eight returning moons had enriched the earth with their deposits and she now in her gratitude became prodigal of fruits and flowers flowers of a darker dye or fruits of more luscious flavour regale not our senses oh my friend even in the leafy retreats of this island beloved of the sun the violets of the gardens of the priests were tinged with purple like the mountains when seen in autumn from the grey stony ramparts of quebec the roses of persia with theirs would be rivalled in sweetness the robes of the ancient kings of tyre or the shells upon the beaches around us could not if compared outvie the velvet purple of their heart's ease their full clusters of grapes were ripening to jet and to amber their currants or sarinths hung in clusters of alternate topaz and ruby melting raspberries of black red and white lined the walls of their enclosure and a small curious melon lay roughly on the dark prolific soil yet scarcely yielded in taste or fragrance to the anana with its golden embossment enclosed in its green folded covering from the sun whose near beams have made it mellow so sweet was the brief produce of these gardens long buried in snow which bloom beneath the care of a seminary of priests on a tributary stream of the st lawrence agitated as had been my own bosom i could not look without emotion on the tranquil and innocent lives of the men who adorned these retreats here sheltered from the world and as it were even from themselves they followed not the beckonings of hope and were strangers to fear and inquietude the depths of their hearts i could not see or what springs of passion were concealed there but their lips breathed humanity and kindness to priests i entrusted my son and the mother and the orphan were respected with priests i walked in these fair gardens which but lately had formed the base of snowdrifts and beheld glowing fruits upon the branches that when i first looked upon the silvery spire of the chapel near them were sparkling with icy incrustations the feelings of ages had passed since that time through my bosom and still were retained by memory the superior of the seminary of the pine grove had taken up earth every summer while endured the few moments of his recreation and every summer with hands washed for sacred offices had formed one step of a circular mound and covered it with sods of sweet grass when on the seventh year the green fragrant base of seven steps was completed there was placed on it a column woven into shape with wicker and other years still must elapse ere the newly planted vines could entwine it such said the peaceful architect is the fragile nature of men's labours the ancient pyramids of the nile though their projectors have been for ages forgotten are less permanent to the eyes of the eternal than this column of the youth of n t the nothingness of this life for a moment was fully presented to my intellect and i conceived of the sentiments of those who in different ages of the world have retired to commune with the future and calmly wait a passage to eternity in this harmless community of men without earthly hope i could have placed my orphan boy 
to pass his days unruffled by those pains which encircle fame fortune and pleasure i could even myself have entered the convent at trois rivieres and listened as long as i lived to the waves of the ladawana but the thought crossed my mind as a shadow not as a reality to be followed many have said that the will of mortals is their destiny and in many a crisis of mortal life the saying may seem to be truth but whence comes the energy which urges our will to fruition or the circumstance that makes it inevitable the summer so brief and beautiful was more than half passed away and before the return of the snows of autumn again i must be upon the ocean before i could again embark for this island of flowers and forgetfulness six hundred english miles must be traversed by land by lake and by river pharamond had made arrangements for my journey and dear little arvon was appeased by my promise to send for him wherever i might stay the sweet august of canada was almost past when my cousin appeared once more at the village of the moments of my happiness the parting with arvon and my kind inmates was over and we glided once more in a bateau the beautiful ladauana was warm and smooth as a mirror the songs of the boatmen were low and at intervals they dipped their oars in silence save the warblings of the bright drops that fell from them my heart was full of perturbation and when at intervals i spoke it was to recommend earnestly to pharamond the boy i was leaving behind yet whom like the fabled pelican i would fain have nourished with my blood still when we approached the opposite shore of the river and saw at a distance the convent of trois rivieres a thousand other sentiments and sensations came rushing and mingling with those which so lately were true to maternity duty had triumphed over love but the broad stream we so sweetly were gliding over had been crossed when rough with storms by ethelwald to see me on the banks we were approaching he was born and a strong desire took possession of my senses to behold him once more ere i departed to the momentary wishes of my agitated thoughts heaven and circumstance were propitious while resting in a dwelling that overlooked the river we learned that the ornament of the simple town of his birth had been greeted early in the morning he had left for a few days the fortress of quebec and the streets of trois rivieres were enlivened by his presence the day was unusually warm i had once more bathed in water from the river i loved and dressed for our repast in the thinnest of my morning attire i looked earnestly in the small mirror of my bedroom for one night and saw with a deep satisfaction that some roundness of contour had returned again to my person i dropped a moment on my knee and thanked the almighty for his benefits a dessert of fragrant melons and raspberries from newly felled forests was served with dried fruits brought from distant climates by the commerce of britain and sometimes tasted in this spot even by the savage hunter of the desert while we still sat lingering at the board the coming of a stranger was announced he bent as he entered the door it was but the self-same figure which before had been present to my soul but to look upon the heavenly reality was a delight so supreme that the past and the future were as nothing the bliss of the deity is but love 
those who have known what is love in perfection though on earth and but for a moment need not ask what reward awaits the just the sun was declining in its beauty we sat over the dessert and the brim of one glass of the tears of the grape was pressed to my lips as those of ethelwald touched another we drank to those who were away but our souls at that moment were rushing towards each other and could see no object but the present scarcely a drop was swallowed save by pharamond who soon threw himself upon the sofa so oppressed with heat that sleep was with difficulty resisted i stood near a window with ethelwald whom i never had seen before in summer the intense sun of that season so brief in his country had slightly tinged his forehead which seemed amid the snows of winter too spotless for an earthly material but the charm of his expression seemed enhanced and as his light golden hair was faintly moved by the zephyrs of his own native river i thought i could feel by sympathy every thrill of those delicate arteries that made him a being of sensation the twilight became paler and paler sleep had possessed itself of pharamond and we both looked from the window upon the waves darkening with shadows yet still tinted with rose colour here was now at least an opportunity for some explanation of the past but the past and the future were as nothing to see and to feel was so much that every other organ was inactive an innate sense told me i should speak but my tongue could find only broken sentences do you remember i said i am not replied he whom i looked upon i never can be ungrateful i felt the soft warm pressure of the hand into which mine had fallen and that we were to part for ever melted or vanished from my intellect as a thing which could not be possible a word or a promise must have united our destinies but neither word nor promise was spoken something both wished to impart seemed struggling to burst forth from our lips but neither had the power of utterance what mysterious influence reigned absolute till the dear opportunity was no more that question can only be answered by the being who marks out on the map of eternity the path in which mortals are to wander our tongues were like tongues of the entranced the countenance of ethelwald though now shaded by evening appeared to me anxious and wishful i longed to hear or say something definite but alas it was impossible to break the ineffable silence of expectancy i knew not how much time had passed but the moon had risen and was shining and a servant at length came in to ask of pharamond directions for our morning departure a bustling noise and the moving of travelling trunks ensued it was time for the inn doors to close ethelwald seemed reluctant to go and i began to shudder and tremble and could not even say remain with me pharamond arose gave directions to the servants and appeared as i thought impatient the constant companion of my thoughts pressed my hand closely and departed i saw him from the window in the moonlight his noble form slowly receding on the shores of the river of his birth his eyes to the last seemed turning frequently back towards my window oh heaven of heavens 
shall i never behold him again to what purpose then has he been known to me here said dalcour i arose a moment and asked of benito those fruits of the night-flowering sarius which had been gathered the evening before and were now kept by this favorite negro in a small vase of marble from france they were the first of their kind that idomen had ever seen and the current of her thoughts was insensibly changed as she admired them i cut into halves with a knife of silver one of the sweet juicy apples or formations divested it of its outward prickles and by tasting one portion myself compelled madame burleigh to swallow the other this with the usual process of rinsing the sweetness of fruits from her lips and the ivory within them diverted her mind from what it dwelt on and calmed the over-rising emotion she looked at me thanked me for my care smiled gently and resumed the hurry of travelling admits of no consideration and perhaps its principal charm is the decision it continually demands the boat would go at a certain hour in the morning and those who would depart must be ready till twelve at night i was occupied in making those arrangements most necessary to cleanliness and to order and at six in the morning i arose the bell of departure was ringing as we stepped from the shore to the vessel i had nerved myself as well as i could to walk in the path traced by heaven yet my eyes from time to time wandered round in the hope of encountering a form transcendent above all others but a letter was all that came it was placed in the hand of pharamond who did not present it to me till far on our way to montreal i lay down on my berth to break the seal it was tender but not conclusive give me said ethelwald your address and you shall receive from me a full explanation the hurry of the changing scene a thousand doubts a thousand wishes a thousand fears and regrets all combined to overpower the cool energies of reason that might have been enough for my happiness i remembered all that i had suffered and thought ethelwald cold and ungrateful in allowing me thus to leave his country and yet my pains had never been known to him and the greatest offence that had been given my own hand had committed when i sent to him the packet sealed with black but the last brief delightful interview was still so vivid on my memory that my mind dazzled by the present looked not calmly upon past events of my answer to the last note of him who had seemed to me a seraph i can only remember this sentence i go perhaps never to return i ask no explanation may every happiness attend you End of section thirteen.